0: You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His Kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurr dot Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcasting. Oh, well, good evening. This is David Murray. I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Uh, this is blog Talk radio in Theel Your House. We're going to be talking about uh, the purpose of fasting. But before we do, welcome Dorothy. How are you? Happy Friday! Oh, happy Friday to you! It's so nice to have a teaching. Uh, yes, uh, uh, it has been a, a, an extra week or so. Um, usually, I try to get them at least every other week, and, and we haven't started this since the first week in March. So um, we have places to go and scriptures to read and, <laughs> and things to do. So uh, I'm I'm very excited to, uh, to 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 talk about this one. Um, I was hoping to do this last week, and I, I just um, wasn't able to get it finished up in time because I wanted to really present it in a concise and, and clear, but without it being too long. So we're going to move in, in keeping with, with what I've been trying to do, what I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart, to keep these teachings short and concentrated and to the point. We're going to try to keep this in, 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 um, in well under an hour. Um, But what we're going to be talking about, Dorothy, is uh, the purpose of fasting. There's been so many uh, teachings on fasting, and um, many of them not completely accurate, or many of them accurate in an aspect of fasting, but haven't pulled together all the different strings with fasting. fasting. So what's really put on my heart to share with, with you guys tonight um, with the body is uh, the biblical approach of fasting and to clearly uh, define what its purpose is, why and when we fast, what should we look to expect to get from a fast, what should we not look to expect to get from a fast, and, and where we have gotten into confusion and disappointment um, because of misinformation and misapplication of the word that we've been taught. So we're going to get into it. Um, what is Fasting. Really, fasting, guys, is a form of breaking away from something that we normally engage in. Um, that is where we the, we get the English word uh, "breakfast" from. To break fast, it's to to um, to disengage from an activity of some sort that we have normally done. Most often we think of fast in terms of food, but at its root it's just a breaking, a separating from something. An example of this is found in 1 Corinthians 7 5, um, where Paul talks about married couples fasting from intimate relations for a season. Um, there are several different fasts listed in the Bible. You have Samuel, you have Elijah, Moses, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Daniel. You got John the Baptist, you've got the apostles, you have uh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to give some scripture verses that you guys can look at for uh, references. The, the Bible is loaded with fast. So I'm going to just give you a handful It's loaded with them, though. Uh, 1 Samuel 7-6, 1 Kings 17-16, 1 Kings 19-4, those deal with Elijah, uh, Ezra eight twenty three and Nehemiah 1-4, uh, Esther 4-16 and 5-2, Daniel 1-12 and Luke 1-15 um, which talks about uh, John and Luke 4 amongst uh, the other portions of the gospel that talk about the fast of Jesus in, in the desert. So we're going to pull the different thre- th- threads together, the different teachings we have ever heard, and we're going to really just distill them. This is not exhaustive, guys, by any means. What, what I teach on um, typically is not exhaustive. It is meant to lay a broad, firm foundation that helps us uh, distill something to a main component that takes us back to the heart of God. Um, One of my goals, one of the things that um, I know I am to do is to bring things to the simplest form that we can meditate on something that takes us to the heart of God, to the throne room of God. His throne room is where his heart is, guys. When we talk about the throne room of God, we're talking about the, the the center of God's attention and affection where his being flows from that reaches out to us. Uh, so we're going to get into this a little bit. What is the purpose of a fast? The purpose of a fast is to come into alignment with the kingdom of God. That's the simplest terms of putting it. It is to return to proper kingdom alignment where our spirit man is being governed by the Holy Spirit, our soul and our body come into a perfect alignment under our spirit man that is communing with the Holy Spirit. That is the purpose of a fast. It is to realign us into proper alignment with the kingdom and in the proper alignment of of how we are meant to live. That's the purpose. A fast is not... I'm going to repeat, is not done to try to get God to move on our behalf. That is a widely taught doctrine that's either stated overtly or it's implied through the form of teaching. It is, it, that, that teaching is to say that if we do or give something up enough, the kingdom of God will move on our behalf. That's manipulation. That is darkened thinking. It is um, a lack of biblical understanding of the kingdom of God. It's a lack of biblical understanding of the nature of God and of our role as sons and daughters of the Lord. The purpose of a fast is not to get God to move. That is error. Now I know you guys are scripture verses or your favorite portions of scriptures are popping up and they're firing right now. We're going to get into them just for a second, just, Set those aside and we'll walk through them together. The purpose of a fast is to come into alignment with the kingdom of God. Okay. Uh, Two of the texts that we often go to in Matthew 17 and Mark 9, Um, put those aside. Okay. I know where you guys are going with that. Put those aside. I've been there. Um, We're going to get into that. Okay. Would I want to just lay out and, lay a biblical foundation with Christ as our cornerstone guys in everything that we talk or share about Jesus Christ must be the cornerstone right it's listed in scripture where Jesus Christ the, you know the, the the apostles and the and the prophets lay the foundations well what is the foundation the foundation that's laid in the Word of God is the nature of God the Bible is a is a, is a love story tells us who is the author With Jesus Christ as the perfect visible image of that author. We must remember that. Jesus, in everything we talk about, in every doctrine, every belief, every practice, every exercise, every thought or intention, must come back to Jesus Christ, his nature, as his exactly represent, who is the exact representation of our Heavenly Dad. That's super important. That is our foundation. So I'm just going to lay a foundation a little bit to bring us back to biblical alignment. And then we can discuss then in proper context how these scriptures fit in. Because if we don't have the proper foundation, when we go to a scripture to form a belief, if the foundation is not laid on the nature of Jesus Christ, the doctrine will be off. And that's why we have so many confusing and false and half true doctrines, because they're not laid upon the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not laid upon the nature of our heavenly Dad. And when that happens, it's impossible to have a sound doctrine. Remember, theology, guys, is the study, and the um, it's the study of beliefs and practice and practices. That's what theology is. It's to study and understand beliefs and practices. Theology is not relationship. Theology is the platform from which we will properly engage the Lord and understand him because we have laid the foundations of whatever it is we're studying with Jesus Christ as our chief cornerstone. That means we must go into the Gospels and begin to dig into who is his nature so that we can understand him that we can understand what's invisible, the Father. That was the purpose of the earth walk of Jesus, not the crucifixion of Jesus, his earth ministry. His earth ministry was to show us the Father. His earthly sacrifice was to reconcile us. So, okay, there's basically, guys, two kinds of fasts. There's a a fast that is initiated by God, There is a fast that is initiated by man. The purpose is the same. It's to align man's heart with the heart and will of God so that we carry out the decrees he is issuing from his throne room. Remember, guys, our our bodies are in constant contact with the carnal realm. The word carnal means uh, fleshly, uh, which also means earthly. It has all things. The word carnal doesn't, does not mean, is not limited to um, things that have to pertain to the physical body. It is much broader than that. We have artificially contracted the meaning of what carnality means. Carnal has to do with anything that is not of the spirit realm. If it's not of the spirit realm, it's of the carnal realm. Our bodies are engaged in the carnal realm. Our spirit man is engaged in the spirit realm. Our soul is the gatekeeper which decides whether we are going to live a life that is governed by the input we receive from the carnal realm or the input we receive from the spirit realm. Our soul is the gatekeeper to that. Okay, so what fasting does is fasting helps us to break to a degree the interaction and the input we're receiving from the carnal realm. Our soul is receiving through the five physical senses input from the natural realm. Our soul is also receiving from at least five spiritual senses. We have spiritual taste, sound, sight, hearing. It's a fifth. Well, that will come to me. <laughs> we have... Five spiritual, at least five spiritual senses, and we have five physical senses. And so what fasting does is fasting is meant to deprive the, deprive the body from receiving as heavily input from the carnal realm. What that does, it allows our soul the opportunity, if we allow it, to tune in more closely to the spirit realm. This is why we fast. Simply put, it increases the awareness of our authority that we have in Jesus. The purpose of a fast is to heighten our level of awareness of our spiritual authority. And as we tune into who we are in Christ, we begin to place our soul under proper alignment. We begin to think from the kingdom. We begin to think according to the mind of Christ. We begin to draw upon our spiritual senses. And, guys, this is the way we're meant to live. Right? We're meant to live more. Um, uh, I don't want to say this. We're meant to live where we're, our life is governed by our spiritual citizenship and not our earthly citizenship, right? There's this, there's this cliche expression. Well, you can be so spiritual minded that you're no earthly good. That is not true. If you see someone who is claiming to be so spiritual minded, they have no earthly good. They're not spiritual minded. It's delusion. They're moving by their soul where they're thinking and moving by their spirit because Jesus is the perfect representation of someone who lived every second of every moment of his life by the spirit realm, and he was as normal as any citizen of heaven will get. He did not fall short in every area. He is our standard. A lot of people forget the Apostle Paul and and Peter, and, and they're not our standards. The Old Testament prophets are not our standards. King David is not our standard. Christ alone is our standard. So you want to know what it looks like for someone to be completely heavenly-minded, they will begin, they will begin to look like Jesus. Okay, so you guys don't have to worry about that. (laughs) We are citizens of heaven. We are meant to walk out this realm by getting constant input and information from the kingdom of God living within us in constant communion by the Holy Spirit, receiving direction from the throne of God. Fasting is meant to help facilitate that. It's meant to bring us the next notch into the kingdom. As we increase the awareness of our authority in Jesus, um, well, first, let's back up. Authority, guys, is relational. The more closely we live in him, the greater we have the ability to exercise our authority because the greater we are aware of the authority we have, the greater that our level of belief, our faith, is activated, and we begin to carry things out from the mind of Christ. His love for us never changes. It's already sealed up. He loved you before the foundations of the world, guys. He loved you before you ever accepted him, before you ever heard about him, before you ever knew him. He loved you fully. He doesn't love you more because you accepted Jesus as your Savior. He always loved his children fully. That's why he sent his son to die for those that hate him. We love because he first loved us, the Bible says. Okay, so just a reminder of that. The level of intimacy that we walk with him has nothing to do with his level of love and exchange. There's no exchange going on. You walk in holiness, he's going to love you more. He's going to care about you more. You're, you're You're going to receive more of his love and affection and approval. Nope, not biblical. You won't find it anywhere. If you're finding it, it's being taken out of context. Right, we, we, The Bible is, is interpreted in light of the earth walk of ministry of Jesus Christ. From there, we interpret the New Testament epistles, and the Old Testament is interpreted in light of the earth walk of Jesus. The Bible's progressive revelation with the fullness of our walk and identity exemplified through the ministry of Jesus Christ. A lot of times what we've done is is try to interpret Jesus and the gospels in light of the epistles. That's complete backwards theology. It's very, very popular. It's very popular, especially amongst intellectualists. We interpret everything in light of the physical manifestation of the invisible God, Jesus Christ. Okay. Here's an example of a uh, fast that's initiated by God, found in Joel 2.12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. So, for, for those of us that may be tempted to say, well, look, fasting is a form of, of, of showing God something. No, it's not. Fasting is meant to realign our thinking, it's meant to help us tune in to God's kingdom, to God's heart. That's why the second part of that verse in Joel 2.12 says, rend your heart, not your garments. The garments are are related to the carnal realm. They're related to what's seen, the outward vestiges. He's talking about rending your heart, the Lord says. That has to do with an inner. That's about our motives. Right? So it goes back to the motive of our heart. So when we read Joel 2.12 in context, the Lord is telling the Israelites, to fast and mourn. In other words, get yourself into proper alignment, tear your heart and not the outer works of the flesh. I'm not interested in how you tear your garments in mourning. I'm interested in how you rend your heart before me. So when you see fasting, you'll always see it tuned into the motive of the heart. It's alignment with God's nature. Fasting is a tool. Um, it's not a coin to put in a vending machine to get something, pull the handle to get something from God. That is manipulation and we cannot manipulate God. God is not manipulated by our tears. He responds in covenant to the desires of our heart. Now, if the desires of our heart are expressed in tears, it's not the tears. It's the alignment of our heart to his nature that moves the throne room of God. Okay, so as we dial in through fasting to our identity as sons of God, we're able to begin to perform on earth his will in heaven. We begin to get clarity. We begin to get peace. Um, When we do this, when we begin the purpose of a fast, I can go around fasting and and really have nothing to do. If my my interests or intentions or desires are not based upon the kingdom, uh, the fasting is not, the fast isn't doing anything. Fast is now. I have, I know there's people that are called to the prophetic service and, and, and intercessors that are probably screaming right now. Please bear with me, guys. Um, I'm, I'm going to round out what I'm saying. I'm not talking about prophetic intercession and fasting. I'm going to cover that. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to that. Uh, but when we are fasting, it's to tune in ourselves to the throne room of God. If we're not dialing into the spirit realm, then the breaking of that area of the carnal realm, the ceasing of of the fast, the not drawing to one of the five senses or to the stomach um, is not, it's meant to weaken our carnal interaction. But if we're not drawing to the spirit, it's not going to be helping us. It's not going to be benefiting us. Um, Okay, so... What about when God tells us to fast for breakthrough? Let's talk about that now then for, for intercessors out there. Um, my mom is a, is an amazing example of that. My mom, um, functions prophetically, which is to say she serves, uh, the body of Christ. She is called and equipped to move in the function prophetically. Um, that's what she's called to do. Is our identity in that? Nope. Our identity is in the fact that we're the righteousness of Christ. Um, you know, we've been talking about this for a year and a half So I can begin to share with you guys a little bit more openly things that we're meant to speak with openly, but we must do it again from the foundation of Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in our gifts, callings, or function. It's not in our strengths or weaknesses. It's in the fact that we are made the righteousness of Christ, period, the end. If anything else we're drawing to, to form a sense of our worth or identity, it's idolatry and it will only cause us heartache and confusion and compromise in our walk. To love you fully, won't change anything. But we're just going to fall short of the fullest we're meant to experience as his sons and daughters. My mom has been led, back to my mom, um, uh, many times in her life too fast. Um, the Lord has initiated um, dialogue with my mom um, where she's, he's told her to fast and I've seen unbelievable things take place in the spirit realm and breakthroughs for things. Um, and so I grew up underneath that. So fasting for me is very, very common. I saw, um, warfare fasting. I grew up with it. I engaged in it a lot. I was taught a lot about it. Um, but here is what we must come back to. It all comes back to the same thing, guys. A lot of people that, that, and a lot of you guys that have, that have, fasted in intercession or fasted prophetically for breakthrough may not even realize what you're stumbling across. Uh, So I'm going to round it out for all of us a little bit more to bring this home, to bring, pull in all these threads. When God initiates a fast from us, it requires our obedience. Obedience increases our level of authority. It increases what can be entrusted to us. Now we all have the authority of Jesus Christ, but there is a delegated authority that God will give to us as we walk in obedience to him nothing to do with our love or our worth or acceptance we're talking kingdom principles as citizens in any government we're not all called to the same position it doesn't make any citizen one better than the other at least it should not in a in a <laughs> um the analogy will fail, but if we were to operate in a, in a uh, kingdom that was operating by the nature and principles of God, we all have the same rights, but we hold different functions in that kingdom or in that government. Obedience increases authority. Obedience draws us closer to the throne room. Obedience draws us into closer intimacy with Him. So when God initiates a fast for For us to intercede or to break through on behalf of a situation, a stronghold, or someone else, for you prophets and intercessors. It's your obedience and faith that is releasing or increasing what is needed to release heaven to move on behalf of what God wants to perform through the church. That's very, very important. Um, so I want us to understand what's taking place to when God tells us to fast and we are obedient to do what he calls us to do. We're coming into alignment with his will because he initiated it. And when we come into alignment with his will, we are allowing him to do what he wants to do. Um, so we'll get into a little bit. We're, we're talking about, we're, Jesus said, your will on earth, when he taught the disciples to pray, Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. Now, a lot of people have taken that to be very passive because it's not laid on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We are the ambassadors of heaven. We carry out, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, so in my name you will lay hands on the sick, you'll preach the gospel, you'll raise the dead, you'll cleanse the leper, you'll cast out demons right? All the things that Jesus did on the earth. He's going to heaven. He's giving us or gave us now the Holy Spirit. And so we are meant to carry out the will of the Father on earth. That's our commission. And part of our commission is the will of the Father wants everyone reconciled back to him. So when we come into obedience with him, we are yielding to what's on his heart so that we the church carry out as his ambassadors what he desires to do through heaven he has chosen by his own design and sovereignty to work through the church he decided to place his sovereignty and his power through the church not our place to decide or think well that makes God one thing or makes him another. He does what he wants and he's chosen to do it through his church. So when we fast in obedience to him, it's obedience releases authority. It allows his will to take place through us as we begin to pray through what he wants done. Okay. Um, so let's look at, let, let's go on to a uh, second section here. Um, when we're talking about, well, let's go. Okay, so let's go right now. We're, you know, many of you are thinking, well, what about in prayer and fasting? When Jesus says this kind comes out not by prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting is for breakthrough because it, it, it we don't have the ability to do something. We say that because in, in. Of, of the scripture verses that come up in Matthew 17, and Mark 9, and, and Luke 9. Let's go, let's look at that in proper context now. Uh, I'm going to read from Matthew 17:14, okay, because this is a, a major rebut that people have, and we've, we have, without knowing it, twisted what this portion of scripture is telling us. Um, it's the boy that's healed, uh, it's written in you know, three of the four Gospels. Anytime you see something written in two or more places in the Gospels, it is always worth cross-referencing them. The more times something is repeated in the Gospels, the more significant the point the Lord is trying to get a pass to us, to, come to, to get us to understand. It says, When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then we skip down to verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I want to point something out here. Um, a main component here to understanding what just took place. Two things. There was an expectation by both the boy's father and the disciples that the demon would be cast out. There was an expectation by the father and the of the boy and the disciples that that demon would be cast out. How do we know this? Number one, because the father of the boy didn't go to Jesus. He went to the disciples to cast him out. There was an expectation that the disciples would be able to get this job done. That's number one. Number two, the disciples had the expectation that they would cast the demon out. That's why later they went to Jesus and asked Jesus, hey, Lord, what's up? Why didn't, why didn't this work? The, di- the disciples were also expecting it to take place. And the reason why that is, this portion, this story takes place in Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9. Okay? Go back a few chapters or a few verses, each one of the Gospels in Matthew 10, Mark 6, and Luke 9, 1, the scriptures say Jesus gave them authority. In those earlier sections of scripture, in each one of these stories, the Bible says Jesus gave the disciples authority. Jesus never removed that authority. They had the authority during the entire encounter. That's why Jesus called them faithless. See, we've often said that this, prayer and fasting increases our authority. That's not true. It increases the awareness of who we are in Christ. Obedience increases our awareness, which brings us closer to the throne room, which is, allows us to exercise by faith the authority that we have. That's why Jesus uh, rebuked them. That's why he chastised them. There was something that was transpiring in this event. There was something going on where the five physical senses of the disciples were taking in more information. They were drawing upon their carnal senses more than the reality of the authority Jesus gave them. Jesus' answer was not, you do not have enough authority, so you need to fast to get more authority. He chastised them because of their unbelief in verse 20. Verse 21 is the explanation of how to remedy unbelief. Prayer and fasting is an antidote to unbelief. Because unbelief comes from receiving more information from your natural senses than you are getting input from the spirit realm. That's why we don't heal people today because we are taking in and concluding things based upon the laws of the natural realm more than on the laws of where our citizenship is by the kingdom of God. Prayer and fasting, or should I say fasting with prayer, realigns our thinking. And when our thinking comes into alignment with the mind of Christ, which we possess by the Holy Spirit in us, that's when heaven moves through us. That's when we see signs and wonders and miracles. I hope, I hope that makes sense. Now, now that we have read that, now that we can see the context, now we can read Mark 9 properly. Mark 9 is the abridged version, guys, of this story. It it gives the least amount of details. And in Mark 9, uh, it says they just came to him um, and asking him, why couldn't we cast this out? And Jesus says this this kind comes out by by prayer and fasting. Um, That's the abridged version because the focus, the main focus on what Mark is teaching on here is intimacy. Fasting with prayer is meant to increase our intimacy by realigning where our focus is on. That's the, oh, that's the main point of why Mark is sharing this. Matthew gives more details. Mark is simply pointing us to intimacy. Um, it's a tool that draws us and allows to help us to draw upon the reality of the Father's kingdom and not the reality of this realm. Remember, guys, here's something... <laughs> The root word of prayer is the word pros, and the word pros, which is, is the root word in prayer, means to be inclined towards something. It means to interface. So the word prayer, when we are praying, we are interfacing with heaven. We are interfacing with God. There's an interaction. There's a back and forth of spiritual information taking place. That's what prayer is. That's why Jesus rebuked the disciples and the Pharisees and corrected them, saying, when you pray, don't go by mindless repetitions. That's not prayer. That's recital. When you pray with your heart in alignment, with your soul yielded to your spirit, man, there is an interface in the spirit realm going on. There's an exchange of dialogue and information and truth taking place. So when we understand what prayer is, what the root word is prayer, it, it hopefully that will bolster our faith to understand what's going on. It's, it's powerful. It's active. As we interface with the Holy Spirit, our thinking will change. Our response to what we see will begin to change. Our perspective Guys, if we allow it, we'll change. Fasting is a tool to help accommodate this. Now, understanding this principle, guys, understanding with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, understanding how what's taking place here, everything goes back to the soul, to the mind of Christ, to our soul being submitted to our spirit man. Everything, guys. As we begin to understand this, now we can go back to the scriptures and the different portions that talk about a fast, and we begin to understand Moses on the mountain. We can begin to understand John the Baptizer. We begin to understand Jesus in the desert. Now we can read Acts 13.2 and Acts 14.23 and get proper perspective as to why the apostles fasted, and prayed, and then we see the spirit move. They weren't manipulating God. They were coming into alignment with who they were. Guys, this is how we're meant to live every moment of every day. This is what is called normal Christianity. Come into a kingdom mindset and alignment. Now we can finally stop. We can stop drawing this fasting as a desperate ways to try to get heaven to move. You're not to get heaven to move. Heaven we're not waiting for heaven. Heaven's waiting for us to come into alignment so we can step into our ambassadorship that we're meant to walk in. God is waiting for us. The twenty four elders, the angels that are surrounding the throne of God, the Lord Himself who has angels waiting to be dispatched scriptures say that are ministering spirits sent to serve those who are called to inherit the kingdom. They're waiting for us to come into alignment in our thinking so that we begin to declare things that is on father's heart. Right? James says when you have, you don't have cause you don't ask when you do ask, you don't get because why your motives are wrong. That's why Jesus says, when you pray, you pray according to the will of the Father. In order to know His will, we have to begin to understand His heart. Everything comes back to understanding who our Savior, who our Creator, who our Father is. And what is this Holy Spirit that dwells like a violent river inside of us? The power comes from love And that love desiring to carry things out through us. Desiring to show his love manifested in many different ways. Now we can stop with the confusion and say, well, I fasted and nothing happened. But last time I fasted, this took place and, you know, what's going on? I don't understand. Why won't God move? No, (laughs) fasting doesn't move God, guys. Fasting moves us into proper alignment so that the kingdom then can move through us. We bring the kingdom. We do that to the degree we walk in our authority and move as we see father moving from his throne room. Obedience puts us into alignment with God. It increases the level of our authority, the level of the awareness of our authority, it increases the delegated responsibility he gives us. The more that he can entrust us, here's the thing to understand, guys. The more that he can entrust us with things, the more that he will tell us to do what's on his heart. That's a form of authority. James says, well, if we have the authority, and you know, why aren't we all doing the same thing? Or David, sometimes you're saying we have the authority of Jesus, but we don't all walk in the same authority. Guys, authority is, is based upon nearness to his heart. Doesn't change how much he loves us. Please hear me. We must hear that and put that aside. You can't earn his love. It's already fully there, (laughs) but he can entrust us with, with more. The more that I've grown in my intimacy with him, the more he, asks if I will be willing to do things. That's a form of authority. I have the authority of Jesus Christ. All of us do. But when he says, David, I want you to do this. I want you to go pray for this person. Here's a woman that's barren. I want you to lay hands upon her and speak life into her body. She wants to have a child. She's been barren. She's been stripped. I want you to release my will for her. Or David, here's a person here who's sick. I want you to heal them. I do not desire any of my children to be sick. Or David, this person over here is struggling with that. I'm going to share with you what's on their heart, what they're going through. Take care of this. Guys, we're his ambassadors. His heart is burning for his children. Reconciled and those that haven't been reconciled yet. He does not love us more. He loved us when we hated him. The church must get that into our head. We are not special because we accepted the gift. The gift is for the world. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. He died for us before we were ever formed. Okay. So to finalize, God does not change, guys. We do. Fasting with prayer is a tool to allow us to change, to come into alignment with his heart. That's why another time. Okay, summary. What is a fast? It is a break of some form from something. It is a, that allows us a more limited interaction with the carnal or worldly physical realm. What is the kingdom purpose of a fast? It's to align our spirit, soul and body to bring us into proper kingdom mindset where our soul is submitted to the heart, will and intention of our Lord. The more we understand who he is, what he made us through the reconciliation of Jesus Christ, the easier, guys, it's going to be to fast and pray and align ourselves. To the degree that we don't know who we are, our fast will be undermined. We cannot submit and yield to the Lord's heart if we don't understand his nature very well. That's why everything in the end always goes back to our identity in Christ. Everything. It is the cornerstone of the gospel. It is the cornerstone of all the dispensations of time from Adam straight up through the cross. Everything was rushing toward the great reconciliation, the great fulfillment, uh, the great rescue plan as I've I've heard it read. Jesus storybook Bible. God, that's a fantastic book. Jesus storybook Bible. Um, If we fast think from the carnal realm in some fashion, we're praying from a fallen mindset, we can't really expect to get spiritual results. The fast is only an opportunity to allow us to, to hear less acutely the natural realm so that we can then focus more on the spirit realm. But our soul must come into alignment with the truth of God's word about who he is and who we are. So, um, the first thing before we do, before we ever consider a fast guys, before we even think about fasting, We need to meditate on who we are, the righteousness of Christ, that the scriptures talk about how through Christ, because of the cross, we've been made fully pleasing, without spot or blemish. We've been reconciled. We're deeply loved. We're holy. We're blameless. We're sanctified. These are positional truths. If we do not understand our positional truths, a fast is really not going to do anything for us because a fast is meant to help quiet us down. It's like putting us in a rubber room. So we you can think of a it fast. It's, it's, it's sens- sensory deprivation so that we can tune in and dial in to the interfacing of the spirit realm. But if the Lord is interfacing through us and it is bouncing off shame and unworthiness and guilt and fear and anxiety and, and these beliefs about him and ourselves that are not true, we're going to get a ton of distortion. We're not going to get very far through being in that rubber room. We have to first turn to the word, build our foundation. And when we have our foundation built, then when we feel weary or we need to get clarity, we need to break from the world, then we do that. I typically, what I've always done is I just go away. I'll go away for two or three days. That's my fast. I break from the world. Now, having, you know... um, wife and three kids, I, I can't do that as much. And with work, I have a lot of responsibility to work. I can't, cannot do that as often. So I have to change the method of which I fast or break from the world. So that's what people always ask, well, David, what do you watch? Or what music do you listen to? It doesn't matter. Because for each one of us, there's different things that will affect us in different ways.
1: Um,
0: you know, the Lord's got me on a, a fairly tight, <laughs> that's an understatement, uh, walk. that's because of the way I want to be dialed into and the way he's asking me to be dialed into his heart. And for other people, they may not need that. You'll know it when either the Lord is initiating it within your heart or you're saying, I want more of God, but I just feel like I'm overloaded. I'm saturated in my five physical senses. Begin asking the Lord for wisdom and direction of how to begin breaking from some of those things. There's fasting and there's a fasted lifestyle. I tend to live a fasted lifestyle, very acquainted with fasting food or water or things. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of my, my regular walk. Uh, I'm fasting regularly, but only because I recognize it's a tool that quiets down things from overloading my spiritual input that I'm getting. So uh, when we do this and we tune in, we will always have clarity, peace, and a release, a greater release of the power that's available to us. So, um, I hope this made sense. I hope this brought some clarity and, and tied in some several different teachings or, or <sighs> clarified some kind of improper teachings that we've learned. And, and it all comes back to our identity guys and, and recognizing how do we just dial into the, the realm of the kingdom that's in us. It's just, we tune into it more. So, so uh, that is, uh, I conclude their, their teaching on fasting. It is not exhaustive. I threw out a bunch of scripture verses to you guys. Um, there's so, so many more areas that you can read about it, but understanding the principle behind it will, will open up those scripture verses to you, um, and, uh, and, and I pray give you a lot more insight and understanding and more effective in your fast and your prayer time. Uh Dorothy, any questions? Anyone uh dial in has any questions at the time? You guys can always email me, uh. You know. Uh no questions, nobody in the board with a hand up. Okay. So. Okay, sounds good. You know, I think um, I think one of the that that you pointed out something very well in that teaching is that it's it's part of walking in the spirit. Yes. Everybody says they yes. want to be led by the spirit. Well, this is one of the tools we have to do that. Uh, yes, yes, exactly is. It, it, it is a tool. Um, with everything, there's a cost. Um, it, there's a cost. There's a, there, the, everything has a cost, no matter how we look at it or, or what we want to discuss about it. There's a cost to them. And fasting has a cost that, um, that, has a, that, that yields a fruit, yields a harvest if we use it properly, understand what it's designed to do and understand what it's not designed to do. Um, So, yeah, praise God. Amen. So I'm going to say goodnight. And uh, you guys are always welcome to reach out to me, um, as always. And we will meet up here um, in the next next week or two and continue on with this study and, and some other things. We're going to be continuing to round out Um, In keeping with the Lord's laid upon my heart, I'm going to be visiting a lot of popular taught studies, and we're going to just get them into the Word and and put everything back to the foundation of Jesus Christ and just begin to teach and understand things and share together um, proper uh, doctrinal beliefs and how they apply to our walk. Uh, If we can't figure out how something applies to our walk, that doctrine is not going to really be any use to us. Anything, it'll just trip us up, so... That's where we're headed for the next few months. I'm also going to be talking probably in the next several weeks um, about some updates, what's going on in the nation, what's going on with the body of Christ, what's on Father's heart um, to keep us dialed in and tuned for you guys to pray and bear witness to what the Lord is looking to do um, through the nation, through the body, through the president in this hour. Uh, So we'll talk about that stuff too. So that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks too, guys. So, Dorothy, anything else on your end? Nope. All clear here. <laughs> okay. Well, Dorothy, you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and um, I'll speak with you throughout the week, and um, and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. And all you guys, God bless you all, and um, just know how loved you guys are. Our walk is meant to be simple, not complicated, guys. It really is. So praise God, and I'll catch up with you all soon. Good night, Dorothy. Good night, David. In Zeal Fear House. I am David Murray and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D W M U R R Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your Heavenly Dad loves you deeply. Thank you.